Hello and welcome to the Dancers Podcast. I got just one thing to plug before we start the episode, so listen to this plug. Um, Patreon. Please check out the Patreon. The link is right down below. I don't only put an extra episode of the podcast out every single week. I also have started to write little essays about being on the road. That's right. Oh, you didn't know you were listening to the new Jack Kerouac, huh? Do you just know that you were you were being imparted and buked with the wisdom of the new Jack Kerouac, a person who I really don't, I couldn't really tell you uh, what they did, but I know that they wrote something. I know that at some point they wrote something. I know that at some point in the life of Jack Kerouac, something was written down on paper. I can almost for sure guarantee that. Um, so please check out the Patreon. It really helps me put out free episodes of this podcast. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of the Dancers Podcast. What's up, folks? We're back from the road. We're back. That's that's how that's how you say it when you're when you're a road comic. You say, I'm back from the road, all right? People, when I'm talking to them in person, and I go, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was just on the road. You got you to gotta kind of circle the words around, right? Because that's what you're doing. You're circling around the gro- globe. You're circling the damn globe. So you go, oh, yeah, I was just back from the road. And they'll be like, what did you just say? They'll go, excuse me? Uh, why did you just say it like that? And you go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize I was talking to, you know, normies out here, but I was just in beautiful, beautiful Michigan. Beautiful. Oh man. Michigan rocks. I was a huge, huge fan of Michigan. I was in Indianapolis and, uh, Illinois before that. Let me tell you something. My diet and I am not putting myself above anyone here at all. I think whatever your diet is, is a reflection of where you're from, what you're used to, all that sort of thing. LA has turned me into a itty bitty baby when it comes to the food that I can eat. It used to be, oh boy, back in the day, are you talking, when I was 14, 15, there's a restaurant in Massachusetts called Friendly's, Okay called friendlies and it i know it sounds disturbing i know that that's kind of a disturbing name if you've never heard of the place but when you walk in what it turned into when i was a kid because before it was the kind of place in america where you would get one scoop of ice cream but times change okay and restaurants adapt to the change in times so when i was a kid it used to be it used to be back in the day, back in like the 50s or whatever when it started, you would get like one scoop of ice cream, you'd share it with a gal, you would uh, you would eat it on the top of like a place called, I don't know, uh, like Handjob Point or something like that, and you would both just enjoy ice cream. You know what I mean? And probably something else. I'm sorry, but your grandparents were probably also doing something else up there. I'm not going to say what, but they were doing something. Listen, your mom is alive, and that's what's important. Your mom was born, okay? Whatever led to that, you don't need to think about. That's not my job to make you think about that, about your your grandparents' beautiful, passionate love for each other before they were both in walkers and before they were both using 
one of those chairs that goes up the stairs that I would actually like. I would like to incorporate that when I get when I get a home that's more than two floors, which will be never be if you just kind of look at the trend of how easy it is to acquire a house. Uh, it will be never that I have a house with two floors. I want one of those chair things in. That's how you know I'll, I made it. And I'm going to stop working on comedies when I have one of those chairs that goes up like that. Friendly's used to be that. It used to be the place you would go before uh, going to HJP, Handjob Point. And now, or when I was a kid, it became this place where you would get uh, you'd get your 10-year-old and you'd bring them to Friendly's. They would get four scoops of ice cream and a pint of soda. Like a bit, or I think maybe it was like two pints. It was huge. The The thing of soda, I might be misremembering it. It was definitely at least a couple pints. And I think that there's a issue with people and food in this country. I really do. And I think that like restrictive eating and all that sort of thing. Uh, isn't a huge issue. It was an issue for me. I've talked about that on this podcast. But I draw the line at a thousand grams of sugar. Am I being problematic by saying maybe taking a child and giving them a thousand grams of sugar isn't a good idea? Does that put me on some sort of a list? Because I look back at my time at Friendly's and I go, well, that probably wasn't the best thing for my gut health. Now that I'm in L.A. and I'm aware of gut health, I look back and I go, maybe my gut microbiome didn't love the fact that I was drinking essentially just food coloring. I, was, I, I had a steady diet of only red number 12. And I think a lot of people did when they were kids. So fast forward, I've been in this city for six years, right? Have not gotten a lot of road work, so I've stayed in this city for about six years. And I've gotten accustomed to a level of uh, of food that the road, um, it just has, it's different. It's different out there, okay? You ever look at your diet, you ever take account of your diet and you go, oh no, <laughs> you ever you ever like really look at your diet and and you kind of go like you go oh boy was there even a vitamin the last three days you go in the last week did anything I eat even come out of the ground and that's that's a tough that's a tough time in your life when you kind of look look at your diet because because a lot of us are running and gunning with our diets, okay? A lot of us are shooting from the hip with our diets. We're going, what, what'll get... We're not thinking about the whole thing. We're thinking about, okay, what's going to get me through the next two and a half hours? You ever look back at your diet and you go, whoops, all scones. Yeah, man. I that's what it's kind of it's it's been it's been up and down. It's been a little wacky and wild for me. And you got to be loose with yourself too. You can't judge yourself. Sometimes we get a little funky. Sometimes we get a little out of whack. 
I'm not judging myself for it, right? I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world to have your diet fluctuate. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have your weight fluctuate a little bit. It's not a bad thing. You got to love yourself. Got to have a little bit of love for yourself. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to diet and stuff, and I'm sorry, I was, uh, I was self-conscious about their... If you're watching the video, I was self-conscious about there being uh, some snow. And I didn't pick my nose, okay? If you're listening to the audio of this, I didn't pick my nose. I just cleaned it off in, like, one kind of swipe. Just because I make clips, and I don't want a booger clip. I don't want a clip with a booger in it, okay? So, sorry. But, yeah, I, I was looking. And the diet thing, man, it's, like, it's hard to maintain, especially when you're traveling. Because you'll get to certain towns and certain places... And you go like, well, I don't have a kitchen, and there's one restaurant here, and the restaurant is called The Greasy Biscuit. And you never want to judge a book by its cover, but when you go into a restaurant called The Greasy Biscuit, you can't really count on it to give you all the nutrition you want. You'll walk into The Greasy Biscuit with an open mind, right? And you look around, here's the, here's the first sign that you're not going to get food that uh, that's going to necessarily be the healthiest. You look around, everyone in the restaurant is happy and having a good time. <laughs> that's how you know you're not going to get the most nutritious meal. You know you walk, you're, you walk, you're walking into a restaurant and you're going to get a, like a messed up, like good tasting but unhealthy meal. When you walk in and everyone there is having a wonderful time with each other. Because <laughs> you go walk in, you'll walk into these like LA restaurants that are healthy and you'll look around and you'll go, wow, are these people here to, uh, to just sulk? Were these people told by the waiter like, okay, uh, do you want to order any appetizers? Also, could you start sulking please? Because we're, you know, we're going to start giving out food. So you got to be upset. You're about to get a vegan meal. And you look around and everybody's happy and you sit down and you're looking at people's uh, plates and you're like, Jesus Christ, what is going on on that plate? It looks like an oil spill. It looks like Exxon on ceramic. That's what a lot of these meals look like. And you sit down, oh, and you open that menu, and every, even even the salads on the menu have stuff on them where it's like, I've never seen that on a salad. They're like, yeah, this salad comes with a burger, <laughs> like, like a garnish burger, all right? We consider, in certain parts of this beautiful nation, a burger is considered garnish. It's like a type of dressing. They're like, do you want the ranch, uh, the balsamic, or the burger? <laughs> yes, I would love. To, I'd like the burger on the side, please, with my house salad. But it's fun, man. Oh boy, is it fun! And again, I hope I, it doesn't sound like I'm, you know, being rude to anyone or any place. I I've had a lot of fun on the road. I had a lot of fun in Michigan. Oh boy, was Michigan a beautiful, beautiful green place. Oh, Michigan. There were a lot of cool and going from town to town there and kind of experiencing the whole 
the whole vibe in the city. Making a little bit of scratch. It's so... I mean... I am not paycheck to paycheck. But I'm like... uh, I got maybe like a week break. You know what I mean? Like... I have maybe I can maybe take a week break. That's what I got. I'm I'm living paycheck to one week to paycheck, which is great. I that is not me complaining in any way. I am ecstatic that that is the place that I'm at right now. And a lot of it has to do with living well within my means. You ever live within your means and then you go, oh man, my means are not that good. <laughs> I am not happy with my means. Oh, th- you're living within your means and then you you know, you know, kind of go inside your means. You take a peek inside your means and you go, oh man, the means are not looking good. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're living in your means. But when you when you wiggle your way into your means, when you uh when you cram yourself into your means and you go, "Oh man, there's not a lot of room in these means right now." But it's been great. It's been great. It's been a it's been a little while since I've uh gone on a dinner. You ever go you ever go on a paycheck to paycheck dinner? Like you're you're paycheck to paycheck, but your friends are like, dude, let's party. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, let's uh let's party, sure. And in the back of your head, you're like, no, 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 no. Please, 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 please. You go to the restaurant, you look around, you're like, oh no, the servers have ties on. No. Oh, but you have to keep like a smile on your face. You have to be like, oh my god, this restaurant is great. What if we do a crazy thing where we only order two appetizers and then like leave? Wouldn't this be like? Wouldn't that be fun? And then your friends who have their stuff together are like, "Uh, no, we're gonna have a meal." And you're like, "Yeah, I was just kidding. Oh, I was just kidding." And when you go to one of those dinners and you're not making a lot of money, you can't even enjoy the food because you're just doing math. Oh, dude, that sucks. When you have a math dinner, that's an awful, awful feeling. You ever have a math dinner? Oh, what I'm talking about is a dinner where you're doing the calculations before the bill comes, and it's not good. You're doing math in your head, before you even get drinks, you're like, okay, five entree, no, no drink. Oh yeah, oh we are getting water tonight. They're like, oh Dan, you don't want a beer? It's like I brought a flask. Don't, don't worry about me. You know I got the flask on deck because um because the alcohol is just better in the flask. You know, it's got nothing to do with my means. I'm just kind of more of a flask guy. And the food starts coming out and you're trying to have conversation, but you're just doing like carry the three <laughs> over the two. <laughs> and uh, and then before the bill comes, you're just praying. You're like, please, please let one of the rich friends just 
ball out and say, I got this. God forbid they go, let's just split the check evenly when you know you didn't have a drink. You did that on purpose. You didn't have a drink on purpose, okay? You didn't have an appetizer on purpose. And they go, let's split it evenly. You're thinking maybe if I change my identity and I move out of the city, this would all be smoothed over. I'm about to go into witness protection over a BLT right now. Those dinners happen, man. And it's not good. Ooh, on a date? Oh, man. That is the worst. When you're on a low-income date, when you're like, please let her be okay with just the walk. Please. Please let the park be enough. And you go on the walk. And you like her, you know, she's cute. She doesn't know the uh, person you actually are in your soul. Everything is perfect about this person. And then, you know, the walk goes good. And they're like, hey, do you want to go to a bar? And you're like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I want to go to a bar. I guess. And you're like, oh, man, I hope she just wants water. I hope she just wants water. As a guy who doesn't drink a lot, sometimes there's this beautiful thing that happens where uh, when you don't drink a lot, there's a beautiful thing that happens where you realize the person you're on a date with also doesn't want to drink and you don't want to drink. But on a date, it's kind of expected that you both drink. There's a weird expectation on a drink on a drink. There's a weird expectation on a date that you're both going to drink because that's just kind of what we've agreed that you do. But when you're on a date with someone and you realize they don't want to drink it, you kind of don't want to drink. Oh, man, is that a beautiful, beautiful moment. I feel like that's what it feels like when two people have herpes and they find it out about each other. They're like, oh, wait, what? Oh, we get to just be comfortable now? Let's go, baby. Yeah, two Perriers. And we're going to (laughs) fuck. You know we're going to have some raucous, coherent lovemaking off these Perriers. (laughs) You know we're about to... We're about to square off sexually over some LaCroix. I know it's LaCroix, but I like to say LaCroix. But life's but life's been good. What else? Oh, I got back to, I got back to picking up some uh, picking up some trash recently in the beautiful neighborhood, in the lovely lovely neighborhood I live in that I will not get specific about, because I don't want any of you knowing where my house is, and where my loved ones are. Not that any of them live here, but I also don't want you knowing that. My uh. I made a post, one of my jokes about my mom made it in the Don't Tell set that I did recently. And uh, somebody was like, DM'd me and was like, oh my God, I love your mom. Please let me send her this like, whatever, brick-shaped stress ball that I had. And I was like, if you think I'm giving my mother's address to a stranger online, I mean, what person, maybe we do live in an era 
where there's like a lack of privacy and boundaries to the point where someone would be like, oh yeah, here's where my mom lives. Here's her coordinate. I'm you call me old fashioned, but I am not going to give you the location of my mother. Is that crazy? Do I have trust issues for that? Would a therapist sit me down and go, now, Dan, you need to, you need to uh, realize that people have your best interests in mind. So post your mom's address on grid. The answer is no. But been picking up trash in my neighborhood. It's been good getting out there talking to people. And I, I was when I was doing stand-up in uh, Michigan, my good friend Brad Wenzel, who is on an episode of this podcast, please check it out. He's so nice. He's so funny. He's so kind. Brad was on an episode of this podcast. He's very funny. Check it out. Brad started picking up garbage on his own, like based off, and that really warmed my heart. Not that it was like based off of me. Brad's just a good guy. But I was like, oh, this is cool that Brad started doing this too. And then Brad tells me, I also started weed whacking in my neighborhood. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, I just go around my neighborhood weed whacking like a reverse Johnny Appleseed. I was like, are you the best guy ever? Are you the best guy to ever live? We need to protect Brad at all costs. Imagine waking up in the morning and some guy is edging your lawn. I'd give him a million dollars. Okay. It's amazing, but it's good getting out, meeting the neighbors, talking to people. Uh, you know, there was a, experience I had where uh, I was picking up trash and the guy uh, tried starting a fire right he tried starting a fire as people do right some people just try to start fires I didn't know he I, I just saw a literally a pair of pants on fire and I, I just stomped it out uh, and or I, I didn't stop it out I poured water on it I wanted to make it sound cooler than it was I poured water on it and then a guy came up and he was like Why'd you do that? Why would you put out the fire I was trying to start? And I was like, well, mind you, this wasn't connected to it. Uh, no one was trying to be warmed by this. I talked about this a little bit on the podcast with Will, but uh, it gets you out into the world is what I'm saying. Picking up trash gets you into the beautiful, beautiful world we live in where people are starting fires and they're throwing biohazard waste at each other and it's good to see that stuff it's a reflection of where we are and who we are okay i'm also seeing a i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say this on the podcast i'm not gonna go into detail seeing the therapist oh yeah oh we're at a place where we're seeing a therapist now if you were to ask me dan are you seeing a licensed therapist or are you seeing a grad student who is practicing therapy because you don't have enough money for a regular therapist I would say none of your business if you were to ask me Dan are you seeing a normal therapist with a practice and experience or are you seeing a grad student who like at a barber school you can go to, I don't know if you know this you can go to a barber school and you can get your hair cut for cheaper by someone who is practicing cutting hair. 
I'm doing the therapy version of that, where I am seeing a grad student who is practicing therapy. You might hear that and go, well, you're going to get inferior treatment. Maybe. Or maybe I'm going to get just the kind of treatment I need. Maybe, just maybe, I am going to get creative treatment. Okay? Something There's something about going to an underqualified therapist that's reassuring to me. It makes me feel good. Because I don't have all the answers. And I am positive this grad student also won't have all the answers. There's something good about that. There's something good about the fact that I'm going to walk into therapy and I'm going to go, hey, my brain is bad. And my therapist is going to go, yeah, yeah, looks like it. And I'm going to go, what can I do about it? And the therapist is like, I got no clue. Let's figure it out together, okay? I'm gonna, we're gonna, me and my therapist are gonna walk hand in hand through learning about not only my brain, but the brain in general, because I can guarantee you he doesn't have a great idea of it. But in medical school, I know that they say, like, after five, after you've graduated for five years, most of the stuff you've learned is useless after, like, because there's so many new technologies, so many new methods. So maybe I'm gonna get the best treatment I could possibly get. This sounds like I'm justifying not spending a lot of money. But let me have this. I'll say this. Not having a lot of money causes a level of creativity. The necessity for creativity. If I had completely disposable income, oh, where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in that? Someone would be like, you should go see a therapist. And I'd be like, okay, I'll go see the best therapist. Ooh. Not me. No. No, it's like my life is like solving a puzzle. And I'm missing a few pieces. But you still got to get some, you still got to make it look like a sailboat. There's something intriguing to me about that. There's something enthralling to me about that. Oh, I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about the special, or not not special, the little taping that came out. I don't know if we've all seen it. I don't know if I've even really talked about this on the podcast yet, but um, I had a little taping come out. Uh, don't tell, right? If you type in Dan Donahue, D-O-N-O-H-U-E, it'll be the first thing that comes up. When I started stand-up, if you were to like make a time machine and go back and then show me starting stand-up that taping, it's a really like it's a really beautiful thought. It's a really beautiful idea. I really like thinking about that because you know, it takes a long time to kind of get your act together. Literally, like to get your act together. It takes a long, long time. And it feels like you're not going anywhere sometimes. I think that's good. I think it's good if you feel like 
going through a long period of time where you feel like you're not going anywhere, you feel like you're not improving is good because it causes you to like go, oh, well, I need to change something. I need to get better at this, blah, blah, blah. So I was just thinking about that. Like the special came out really good. I like the way it looked. You're never going to think what you put out is perfect, but as I look at it, I go, this is a solid representation of like where my standup is at. I definitely think I, I'm going to get into this a little bit, but I got some comments that I think were really, really funny that I am going to uh, go over on the podcast for a second. Now, I was expecting there to be a barrage of negative comments, and I was excited for that because, A, being online for as long as I have, um, I've gotten kind of, no, I won't say immune to negative comments, but they have gotten less and less painful as time goes on. It doesn't hurt me as much to see a negative comment. There's a few reasons for this. Number one, I would say I have, I have a good, I think, amount of humility naturally when it comes to stand up specifically. Like, I never look at my stand-up and I go, this is perfect, this is great. I try to give myself flowers whenever I uh, can, but that's even that's hard for me, right? And the other thing is, I think by virtue of someone making a negative comment on YouTube, they are sort of excluding themselves from the pool of people that I would care to listen to. Right? That's not to say every negative comment has zero merit at all. I actually don't think that's true. There were some comments on one of my uh, clips uh, where people were like, this is a great joke, but like the performance and delivery needs work. I don't exactly know what they were because it was just like there weren't there weren't a lot of performative aspects to this bit. But I did think I was like, man, maybe I'll, I'll consider that definitely as I do more headlining time, I'm getting better at that naturally. So that's cool. But. I was thinking maybe I do need to work on my performance from those comments. So it's not all bad if like I feel like it's constructive. Now if someone is just like uh this guy should be uh you know trapped in a pine box and sent to the middle of the ocean, I go, "Okay, well maybe that one isn't as constructive and helpful." Maybe that where would I even find pine? You ever think about that mean commenter? But a, a couple of uh, comments I got multiple times, enough times that I would like to address on this podcast. Um, and, you know, not to get too intense with you guys, but uh, there's a couple comments I got enough where I want to address them. I am okay with people saying I look like Freddie Mercury. People will ask me, is it annoying to get so many comparisons to Freddie Mercury? No. He was the world's biggest sex symbol for a time period in his life. Are are you upset about being compared looks-wise to a person who was maybe like who maybe had the highest sexual energy of any person ever? Are you upset with being compared to a person who's sexual energy was completely off the charts. No, I think I'm fine with that. I think I'm okay with that. I think the mullet distinguishes me enough. But I will say when I shave the mullet, 
there's a few people where people are like, oh, you look like this guy. And I'm like, I don't really, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. People have said that I sound uh, like Dak Shepard. I don't even necessarily really hear that, but I know that it's hard for you to like understand what your voice actually sounds like. What I'm saying is, and then people like, and all that's great, and I I love those comments. Then people will comment and be like, "Is this okay with you?" Is this a, I've never. All of these are very favorable comparisons. Do you know how much of an asshole I would have to be to be like, "Oh no, I don't look like Freddie Mercury." He's awesome. Why would I not want to look like that? Why would I not want to look like what did that person call me? Um. Uh, it was uh. The guy who played Superman. God damn it. How can I not remember his name? They called me ga- the gas station attendant version of the guy who played Superman. It's like Henry Cavill. They called me gas station Henry Cavill. Great. Great. You could say I look like uh, Joe Pesci. I would be like, awesome. He's famous. <laughs> No issues here. No issues here. I hope you also like the content of the set. But uh yeah, it's also it's also really funny because people from my hometown were watching it and uh I got to hear some of them messaged me, "Oh man. It made me like want to cry." Some people that I knew from way back in the day like messaged me and were like, this is so funny. I'm glad you talked about Buzzards Bay. I'm glad you like, you know, made a little fun, not too much fun. Cause I love Buzz- Buzzards Bay. I hope the people of Buzzards Bay understand that. But like, it's so funny to hear Buzzards Bay mentioned in a place. See, people don't understand this about the places you're from. There are some places that are so obscure. The people there are just happy to be mentioned. Right. People were like, oh, aren't people in Buzzards Bay going to be upset because you're, like, having a little bit of fun at the, you know, name and concept of Buzzards Bay? It's like, no, no. They're going to be ecstatic about this. They are being mentioned in a uh, thing that's not the uh, the Sipican weekly newsletter. We're going to be fine. So that was that was all really cool. Yeah, I'm just happy. I'm happy there's uh, a little bit of stand-up out there. I'm glad people can watch it. Maybe even, dare I say, dare I be so bold, maybe they can enjoy it. But wrapping this up, looking at the comments, I realized there weren't a lot of negative ones. I don't know what that is. I don't know if maybe they were filtered out. That's possible. I don't run the page that the set was posted on so they could be filtered out I have no idea but even if there weren't there were enough positive comments for me to be like wow I didn't think people would like it this much really that's not me being like falsely monster or whatever but I I was like really shocked with how nice people were about it and how uh you know I guess you work on something for so long and I knew that it worked in front of like a decent enough number of crowds where I was like, okay, I think this would work on a taping, which is obviously why I did it. But yeah, I guess the, the, I, I really was not uh, expecting it to be as well received as it was. I was honestly expecting it to be a little bit like maybe poorly received by certain people and that ended up not happening. And it really made me happy.
I know we don't want to end the podcast on a happy note. I know you all want to see me fail. I'm completely kidding. You're all very nice for listening to the podcast. Um, We didn't get any questions this podcast, and that's on me. So if you have any questions, I'm telling you right now, please email me at dancerspodcast at gmail.com. So dancerspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, email me whatever you got. I'm going to add that to the bio. You can ask advice. You can ask uh, just me personal questions. You can ask which dog would I most uh, closely associate myself with. You could say which dog would I most closely associate my great-grandfather to with. A border collie. So uh, please feel free to ask questions. Um, it keeps the podcast going, although. And when we don't get questions, you'll just get incoherent ramblings like this. Where I don't even, I don't know how long I was going for. I don't even know what year it is right now. So there's a lot of stuff wrong with me doing this podcast without your question. So please ask a question. Feel free to do that. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please check out the Patreon. And, uh, yeah, we're going to keep on rocking, keep on rolling. Have a good one.